My name is Emily Lipinski, and I am a part of the Rosecrans Foundation team. So I just wanted to say a couple words real quick. First, um, thank you very much for the warm introduction. We really appreciate that. And special thank you to Pat Erickson for helping arrange the logistics tonight so that we can be here today. We greatly appreciate it. And a special thank you to all of you for helping to provide the Bibles for our Rosecrans Harrison clients. The request came across at a time that Pat and I were talking, and it just worked out perfectly, and it, that's so grateful for your donation, so thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about Rosecrans and the historical relationship between Rosecrans and the Methodist Church that dates back to our founders, Dr. James and Fanny Rosecrans, who were members of their local Methodist church in New Milford. The Rosecrans left provisions in their will for the founding of the Rosecrans Memorial Home for Children. Our programs and services have changed throughout time to meet the needs of the community, but our focus to serve children have not changed. And our goal, Rosecrans, to provide help, hope, and best opportunity for lasting recovery for children, youth, and adults and families has not changed either. We're a national leader in treatment for substance use and mental health disorders. Um, we are over 103 years old, and last year we served over 50,000 individuals at 60 locations in three states, something we are very proud of. The Rosecrans Foundation, who I represent, we raise funds each year to support um, those that seek treatment that cannot afford it on their own. Last year, because of your generous gifts and the support that we receive from others just like you, we we're able to provide patient assistance to over 839 clients. So thank you so much for your past and continued support. Our goal is to be able to continue this level of support next year. Today, I'd like to welcome Jessica to come up. Thank you so much. All right, so my name is Jessica. Um, I'm the outpatient coordinator over at Harrison. Uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you so much for having me and the rest of us here. Um, first of all, the food was great, and we very much appreciate you guys letting us in on that event. Um, we very much appreciate being here and being able to speak. Uh, so a little about me. I actually came to Rosecrans a little over four years ago. I started out as an addiction counselor in our adolescent program. I ended up supervising it after a couple years, and then I took on the adults as well about four or five months ago. Uh, so I'm still learning as we go, but I'm very appreciative of Rosecrans, and I very much stand by what they do, and I'm very thankful to be here. Okay. So what we'll start with is just some background information about the opioid epidemic in general, um, what that means, what an opioid is, what you can kind of look for, uh, as well as some facts about the nation's epidemic, and then some facts about kind of what's going on in our own backyard. Uh, after all of that, we do have time for question and answer after all the PowerPoints, um, so we'll be available to answer any of your questions at that time. Okay. Uh, so when we're talking about opioid misuse or opiate abuse, uh, we're basically talking about uh, prescription pain pills and also uh, illegal opioids like heroin. So we're kind of talking about both of those tonight. Um, so when it comes to an opioid overdose, that's when someone has taken too much of an opiate uh, and they're essentially passing out. So their respiratory system has slowed way down, they're not breathing or they're breathing very slow 
So you can expect a lot of symptoms of when someone isn't breathing. Cold skin, blue lips, um, passed out, or maybe they're nodding off. Uh, those are a lot of symptoms that you can look for when someone is having an overdose. Okay. Um, so deaths for opioids have risen at an increasingly alarming rate. Um, a lot of this has to do with heroin and prescription pills, and a lot of it has to do with fentanyl, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but it is rising at a point where we're really just kind of running out of options. Uh, so abuse today uh, compared to back in the 60s and the 70s. Uh, back in the 60s and the 70s, a lot of people started their addiction through heroin, and then they moved to prescription pills. Nowadays, in the 2000s, it has drastically switched. So now, most people start their addiction through prescription pills and then move to heroin. So some of the prescription pills that are commonly abused, go ahead, uh, some that you may have heard of, Vicodin, uh, Oxycodone, Codeine, um, some other ones, Suboxone, uh, Demerol, Methadone. Those are some common ones that you might have heard that you can look out for. So essentially, why is this happening? Well, basically in the 1980s and the 1990s, a lot of journals were published in the medical community that focused on pain management and focused on how opioids could really help with pain management and that it's unlikely for people to be addicted. So a lot of doctors were looking for pain management. It became a priority. All doctors assessed for it. It wasn't like you had to go to a specialist. Uh, all doctors, general doctors, general family physicians assessed for pain management. And when they found anything, opioids was a common prescription. So it's kind of grown from there. So essentially, why do people then get addicted to prescription pills and then decide to move to heroin? Unfortunately, heroin is cheaper. It is more potent. Uh, believe it or not, it's actually easily available, especially in the communities where the overdose has risen. And it might actually be more of a preferred high for someone that's addicted to opioids. So something a little bit about heroin. Um, essentially, it is a drug that is derived from morphine, which comes from the poppy plant. Uh, it, there's multiple different ways you can use it. Um, it looks like, it can look like um, white powder, black sticky substance, go ahead, uh, brown powder. Something that you might see in the movies pretty commonly is the brown powder or the tar substance. That's something that is usually common when there's movies um, with heroin involved. So other than heroin, uh, fentanyl and carfentanil is something that is a little newer, and it's something that is increasing the overdose rate. So fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. So it's essentially man-made to mimic heroin effects. And the thing is, is that it's way more potent, um, it's cheaper, and starting in 
2015, it has drastically increased the overdose rate. Uh, so fentanyl and carfentanil, if you look at kind of a lethal dose, it takes about this much of fentanyl to kill a human being, uh, which is really unfortunate. Most people that have an overdose with fentanyl don't even know that that's what they're using. A lot of drug dealers um, and drug suppliers will actually put fentanyl in with heroin and cut it with fentanyl because it takes a lot less for someone to get addicted. So essentially, it's a lot easier for their clients to become addicted and then want to come back for more, um, which is unfortunate, but that does happen. So if you look at this slide, uh, a lethal dose of heroin is about as big as a dime, uh, which is still not much, but it's about a big, as big as a dime. And if you look at fentanyl, it's about one-tenth of heroin that it takes to kill you, and then carfentanil is even smaller than that. So it has become quite dangerous, and that alone has escalated our crisis quite a bit. So to look at some statistics, uh, just for the nation in a whole, in 1991, doctors wrote about 76 million prescriptions for opiates. Now in 2011, uh, that number actually tripled to 2009, or 219 million. So it, doctors are prescribing opioids way more than they used to, which kind of supports what we talked about earlier. Um, on the illegal side of things, Mexican heroin production has uh, increased six times. So they're producing about 50 metric tons uh, of heroin to distribute. So back in the 60s and the 70s, uh, heroin was traditionally thought of to be only in big cities and with only adults. But these days, as the heroin epidemic and the opiate epidemic increases, it's actually associated with some smaller towns and is actually going to teens which can be a pretty sad. So uh, because we kind of had that switch where most people get addicted to the prescription pill before they go to heroin, it means that a lot of teenagers are actually starting to use prescription pills before they go to heroin as well. So about 80% of people who use heroin first started prescription pills. And something that's really important that I want to mention is that about 53% of people who misuse those pills got them from a relative or a friend or something like that, someone like that. So it doesn't mean that the person that is getting prescribed the pill is the one that's going to become addicted. It just means that the more prescriptions we have, the more those pills are going out into the community and they might be more accessible for someone that is not prescribed it or someone that would abuse it. So all of these statistics don't necessarily mean that the person who will be prescribed it will be addicted. Um, there's ways to keep that from happening, but it just means that there's more pills kind of going out into the community that could be available for anyone that may want it. Where there's a will, there's a way, unfortunately. Okay. Um, so kind of a sad fact is that only about 20% of people that are addicted uh, to opiates will actually receive treatment. 
Um, being at Rosecrans, we would obviously like to see that number increase. And we are working the best that we can to get as many people in our doors as possible. Um, if you think about just today, 115 Americans will die just today from an opioid overdose, which can be kind of an alarming statistic. It continues to grow every day. Uh, speaking more a little bit about our community, there's about 18 counties in Illinois that are responsible for Illinois being part of the opioid epidemic. So it's not everywhere in Illinois, but there's about 18 counties that have alarming rates, and Winnebago County happens to be one of them. So in 2017, about 124 people died of drug overdoses in Winnebago County. Now in 2018, that number rose to 159. So it is steadily increasing. So if you look at those deaths um, that we got through the county coroner's office, uh, most of those drug-involved deaths had to do with opiates. And if you're looking at fentanyl alone, which is that synthetic opioid we talked about, uh, fentanyl alone is responsible for over half of those deaths. So what can we do? What can Rosecrans do? What has Rosecrans already been doing? And what can the community do to help? First and foremost, the easiest thing for us to all do is educate. Educate our kids, educate our families, educate our schools. That's the best thing we can do. Rosecrans also has teen programs. A lot of the times when someone thinks of Rosecrans and they think of adolescents, they think of our big, beautiful inpatient facility, which is still up and running, and we absolutely refer to that. However, we also have outpatient programs for adolescents. So we don't have to wait until it gets so severe that they need inpatient. We have lower level outpatient programs to help teenagers when they just start. Maybe they're just experimenting. Maybe they've started drinking on the weekends. But if there's anything alarming going on, we have programs to help those that are maybe just starting out. We also have uh, a prevention and early intervention program that doesn't even get billed through insurance. It's completely free to the public, and it runs quarterly, so every few months, and we provide classes to adolescents that don't fit a diagnosis, but they still would benefit from some education. So we have levels of all types for anyone that may need any support at all. Um, another thing, the teachers can provide information uh, on opioids in the schools, and the public can actually dispose of opioid prescriptions when you guys are done using them. So let's say you get a prescription from your doctor of Vicodin and you didn't use it all. When you're done, please go dispose of that. You can take it to a hospital, you can take it to your doctor. Um, there's even drug disposal bins all around Boone County. Not clear about Winnebago County, but they are out there. Yes? Thank you. Yep, so they are readily available. So please, when you are done using those pills, dispose of them. That is one big thing that the community can do to just get those off the street whenever you no longer are prescribed them or need to use them. Uh, we can push lawmakers to implement prescription monitoring programs. Uh, physicians can closely monitor those patients that are prescribed opiates. That's something that we can kind of all do as a community. 
And of course, you can refer. Like I said, Rosecrans has multiple levels of care for adolescents as well as adults. Uh, I left my card out there, so even if you have any questions or have any concerns about how to get into Rosecrans, please give me a call. Um, I know Chris left his card as well, and we are completely open. We have a phone number. We have a website. Please don't ever hesitate to reach out. One thing that Rosecrans is doing is we're offering medical or medically assisted addiction treatment. So it's called the MAT program. And what it does is it provides medication for those that are trying to get off of those drugs that have really terrible withdrawals, like opiates. Opiates withdrawal symptoms, if you're addicted, will kind of feel like the flu times 10. It can be really awful and it can really drive a lot of patients back to relapse. So that is one thing that we're doing. It's kind of the same as offering medication for depression or anxiety. We can offer medication for someone trying to get off of a substance to kind of help with their withdrawals. Uh, if someone is part of that program, we heavily, heavily monitor them through our outpatient. They have to be in our outpatient program three times a week and show up and drug test and participate in our program in order to get those services. So we absolutely try to monitor them and do what, whatever's best. Um, so some of the things that we can do to prevent overdose is understanding a change in tolerance. So just kind of educating yourself and understanding that after someone detoxes from opiates or after they've been sober for a while, their tolerance actually goes way down. So a lot of the times someone will go through detox, they'll come out, they'll relapse and use again, and they'll use just as much as they did before, and it could cause an overdose. So their body kind of stops getting used to it after they've been clean. Um, understanding the area, the community, exactly what you guys are doing right now is just kind of getting educated about the community. Um, understanding Narcan, which for any of you that may have heard it, it is something that's becoming popular. And doing, understanding that there's a lot of ongoing recovery support besides Rosecrans in the community. So 12-step meetings, they are all over Winnebago County. Um, Loves Park, Rockford, Belvedere, any town that you may live in, there's 12-step meetings that will absolutely help you. They run all day, every day. If you ever need help finding one, uh, please come to us. We have constant resources for 12-step meetings. So some of the conversations uh, that you may have had um, is there are sometimes some debates about Narcan. Uh, Narcan is not treatment. Narcan can be administered when someone is having a life-threatening overdose, but it is not something that we consider treatment. So understanding that is kind of important. Um, medical marijuana, obviously that is a huge discussion that's being had. Um, it's kind of unclear about how or if that's going to help the opioid crisis. Uh, so that is something that we're interested in seeing how that changes things. Uh, but it isn't going to cure it. There's a lot of other things that we need to do and educate about um, in order to keep this from happening. Um, and understanding, having those conversations that drug use is not glamorous. We see in the movies, we see in the TV shows, unfortunately, they just make drug use seem so cool, and having that conversation with your teen or your family is really important. 
So one of the cool things that Rosecrans does um, is we have an opiate-specific unit in our residential facility. So when someone comes to inpatient and they are primarily addicted to an opiate, we actually have a very specific unit for them to tailor their needs and every, all types of support that they would need for that specifically. So that's what Chaplain Chris is here to explain today. He works extremely closely with those units at Harrison campus, and he knows way better than me all the different support that they offer there. <laughs> 